This week we feature the bluesy, rockabilly sounds of Rod Hamdala. He began singing and playing guitar in clubs at age 16. He played his way into a spot with one of his favorite bands, J.D. Wilkes and the legendary Shack Shakers. He wrote and recorded a swampy, bluesy EP called Think About It a few years ago that has just been re-released on Hound God Records. We also talk about DJing, playing obscure cover songs, and fusing his blues rock sound with the music from the Middle East. Check him out on social media, at Rod Hamdala, H-A-M-D-A-L-L-A-H. Buy the EP from RodHamdala.com or HoundGod.com, H-O-U-N-D-G-A-W-D. Catch him on tour. Follow us at Performance ANX on Twitter and Instagram. Our merch is at PerformanceANX.Threadless.com. Subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy Rod Hamdala on Performance Anxiety. All right. Um, hello, this is Rod Hamdala from Atlanta, Georgia, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety. And um, I'll be out on the road this October um, up the East Coast. I'm uh, going all the way up to Maine, uh, New York, D.C., uh, Virginia. So look out for it. And uh, you can find more info at rodhamdala.com. All right, cool. All right, man. Excellent. Well, how you been? Good, good. Busy. Good. You just got off a tour, right? Yeah. Um, actually, the last three months straight, sort of um, in the Midwest. So a lot of uh, Chicago, Milwaukee, um, a lot of uh, I don't know Iowa. Oh wow. Um, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Illinois. So yeah, I just got off a tour. Um, I'm off for a little bit until October. Next one's uh. Um, up the East Coast, so New York and Maine and stuff. So. Oh, sweet! You're gonna hit the Mid Atlantic, like DC area, anytime soon? Yes, actually, yeah, I am. Uh, Mid October. Awesome, sweet! Yeah. I have to keep an eye on it because I yeah. let me know and I'll be there. Awesome, man! Please, yeah, and maybe I have a couple questions about some local support in DC because I don't really know that many bands in DC at the moment. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll maybe. throw out. Uh, yeah, I'll throw out whoever I can find. I know I know oh. a couple local bands. I know a couple people who know local bands too so that that would okay awesome yeah so um and bef- before we get too deep into it uh i asked a buddy of mine if he knew you because we both liked your facebook page okay um and he said that he'd he'd played with you a few times so i don't know if you remember uh, morgan gear from drunken prayer yeah hell yeah 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 love that dude yeah yeah uh, morgan's a buddy of mine yeah that's awesome yeah i haven't seen him in a long time we actually uh I would frequent Asheville, North Carolina a good bit. I uh, have some friends there, and a friend of mine owns a venue, a really cool venue called Fleetwoods. And uh, we put together did some solo shows and then did, uh, I guess, a couple full band shows in uh, Chapel Hill and Asheville. So um, oh, cool. he seems to be pretty busy. He seems to be doing pretty well. So that's, oh. that's awesome. Yeah, he's, his album dropped, and he's been on tour for like two and a half months or something like that straight. Awesome. It's great. Yeah, I keep seeing. I see some stuff online, Instagram and stuff. So, but I haven't seen him in a while. It'd be cool to catch up with him. Yeah, uh, he played North Carolina or something. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, look at that. I, I gotta connect you guys back up. Yeah, that'll be great, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell him I said hey too. I will. I will. Oh, I asked him. Yeah. I asked him if there's any like any weird stories I should I should ask you about, and uh, he didn't respond to that one. Okay. So, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't remember if there was any, uh, <laughs> mostly calming, like just our calm, uh, nights just hanging out, good conversation. Uh, I don't think, uh, 
any crazy nights. So, oh man, <laughs> nothing weird or crazy as I can remember <laughs> hanging out with him. So, well, how did you get started in music? I mean, did you come from a musical family? No, uh, I didn't. I, uh, I actually was like a punk rock kid in New Jersey. Um, when that moved around 13 years old to Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I kind of just got into a, a root scene and rockabilly and blues and a lot of uh, traditional American music and um, was playing drums at the time. And then uh, I met um, a guy named Sean Costello, who kind of just like, I really, really enjoyed his music and he kind of never seen anybody like him, sing like him with so much soul and play guitar like that. So I kind of just wanted to be him in a way. So I kind of mocked his singing style and uh, guitar playing. And then um, and eventually I just started writing my own music. But that's pretty much how I got into like um, blues and playing music and just fronting a band and okay. writing music. Uh, so that was about maybe, say, 2007, 2017, maybe something like that. So. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you were in, you were born and raised in Clifton, is that right? I was born in Knoxville, oh, Tennessee. Born in Knoxville, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's all over the place, sort of. But uh, uh, I know the um, feeling, man. I, I was yeah. born in Texas, and I moved back and forth between Virginia and New Jersey myself. So, oh, cool. So I lived in uh, Branchburg, right on the like the hundred in you know, summer set and hundred and county borders. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just really kind of just stuck around Passaic and Clifton, New Jersey, and then New York City a little bit. But uh, um, but yeah, I was raised there um, for a good bit, and then raised in Atlanta um, as well. So like my teenage years, so I was like punk rock youth and. Really just got into music just uh, through punk rock and rock and roll and going to rock and roll shows. Okay. And then getting into blues with different venues. There's a place called Northside Tavern in Atlanta that's like just – I'm actually playing there uh, Saturday. But um, that's okay. just like the – it just oozes with like just soul, man. It's amazing. It's That's where I saw Sean Costello play a lot and a lot of great uh, local blues bands, Nathan Nelson, um, uh, just Americana acts and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just, Atlanta really kind of put that passion, soul, and, you know, I just kind of got that music out of it, uh, more of the soul music. But you started on drums, you're saying? Yeah, I did. I, I was more of a something to play, um, just okay. punk rock, and then I kind of just kind of gotten a whole different variety of music by just learning how to play shuffles, you know, and traditional music on drums. But I still enjoy playing drums. I don't really play in any bands or anything. So I imagine that would actually help your guitar playing a little bit, keeping it in time with the with the rhythm section. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then and then I guess uh, playing guitar, and then I started playing drums like a guitar player. Yeah. So that wasn't really fun for most, most of the band. So or the guitar players would always look back and be like, "Hey, just just come on, just keep the beat, man. You don't have to play my solos with me and stuff or something." Uh, but but then there would be good times where it would just uh, kind of just uh, uh, variation of like. Uh, what is it, uh, dynamics and stuff. So that really helped out a lot, like with dynamics. So just knowing as a drummer um, how to uh, bring it down or bring it back up or uh, speed it up or slow it down and dynamic-wise. So that's that's my favorite thing to do uh, on drums and uh, my favorite type of drummers are those mostly who play with a lot of dynamics. So okay. I learned a lot. So, yeah. so you've got a really interesting sound, and I've been listening to the EP I've got a, I got a lot of questions about this. Uh, okay. So I guess first thing, let, let's hit the EP first. This show, I, I, we kind of jump back and forth. It's kind of scattershot. We, so uh, be prepared for that. But so okay. the, the EP originally came out in 2014? Correct, yes. Okay. And, but it's being re-released? 
it was re-released by Hound God Records out of Berlin. Okay. Um, uh, I was in a band called Legendary Shack Shakers as well, and the he released uh, their first record um, on Hound God. So he was interested in my music, and I kind of was so busy with the band that I haven't that band that I didn't really release any new music or write any new music. So he was interested in re-releasing the EP, which is great because it's on a 10-inch vinyl. And um, so I guess it came out in May or something like that, I think. Um, yeah. The re-release uh, came out. But it came out in 2014, and um, I just was touring heavily with the Shack Shakers. I didn't really couldn't support it. And then now having it being re-released kind of helped out on these tours where um, even fans that do know the record can have it physically on a vinyl you know, a uh, 10-inch vinyl, which is kind of cool. Um, oh, yeah. That's really cool. But, uh, yeah, it came out 2014, and, um, yeah, but there's new music coming out soon as well. So. Oh, good, good. Now, how did you get involved with the Shack Shakers? Shack Shakers, I opened up for uh, the Dirt Dobbers, uh, the other band he had. Um, it was about maybe 2000, oh, I can't remember, uh, 2011, maybe, something like that. Um, okay. And, um he was looking for another guitar player because Dwayne Dennison from the Jesus Lizard uh, was playing guitar with them at the time. And he had to, he had a side project called Tomahawk with Mike Patton. So yeah. I guess he was going back to that, which is, yeah, a phenomenal man. And um, they're all phenomenal musicians. And uh, so then he was uh, interested in my guitar playing and he wanted to get back in that blues style uh, swampiness of Shack Shakers um, middle era, I guess, or early era of Shack Shakers. And so I auditioned for the band and got the gig and, uh, was in the band for about five, six, six years, something like that. Wow. So, but yeah, it was great. It was a, a lot of fun and he's still a good friend and I still enjoy the band, seeing them live, even though I'm not in the band. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> I just played with them recently. But yeah, that's how I joined the band. So you, you've got, and you just mentioned it, you've got this awesome style, this, this sound that's like, like you said, swampy, bluesy. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, like a Junior Kimbrough, R.L. Yeah, Burnside awesome. kind of yeah. sound. Cool, thank you. Oh, and it's fantastic. It's got and it, you throw in a little bit of like uh, the heavy eyes or, or some kind of some a little bit of stoner rock there. You get this if yeah, awesome. if you listen to the, to the heavy eyes, I can. You've got that that real rawness that they've got. It's just it's really good. I can hear. I mean, and I'm sure you get this a lot. You hear references to Black Keys and and right. Um, I would say not so much the white stripes, but definitely the black keys, but it, it sounds dirtier, rawer. Cool. And, okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's, well, it, that's exactly how I'm hearing it. So um, who were your influences to get that sound? I mean, did you, it was, were you drawing on anybody in particular? Um, I'd say, uh, I mean, I like flat duo jets. That's more of a, I guess, more okay. dirty, garagey. Uh, R&B meets punk, but um, that was one of my biggest influences. But for R.L. Burnside and Junior Kimbrough, definitely um, for that style of guitar playing and um, mimicking the guitar line while singing, um, uh, that kind of stuff. So that's a, that was a big influence. Um, I guess when it comes to like dirty blues, stuff like that, it would be John Spencer Blues Explosion was, was a, a little bit of an influence. Uh, Hound Dog Taylor, just that kind of raw passion rock blues like that's just uh juke joint meets uh, punk i don't you know something yeah. like that. It, it's it's what i like about it is it and i've mentioned this to uh, another guest I, I think it was it was morgan morgan gear awesome. um Great. i said that uh we were talking about it and he said he's not trying to reinvent rock and roll 
Right. So you're not you're not trying to be tool. No, definitely not. I know it's, yeah. it's it's not. <laughs> besides reinventing it, I don't want to sound like anybody else. But right. Um, it just for me, it was naturally just um, hearing the influences and that favorite type of guitar playing or music writing or uh, singing. I just it just automatically just came out of me by just being so inspired by that. So uh, whenever I cover a song early on that was my favorite that kind of helped mold a, an original song or become myself more than just uh playing covers or something like that but um but definitely yeah, not reinventing but it's like if you keep it simple in a way of you know blues style or um any guitar playing style but you can put so much extra added onto it like you know some uh some yeah uh, well, it, extra to instead of keeping it so simple, you know, to me, it, it, it sounds like you're being honest when you're playing. It's more about emotion and energy than than technicality. It, it's definitely and it's 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 honest sounding guitar playing, which which is what I love, which is, you know, what the blues is all about. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's I think that's uh, how I try to keep it. And um, it's all feeling and soul. So every solo is different in the song, even if the song is play the same set every night or same song every night. I mean, the solo will be different because it's just feeling and it's, that's the honesty I give, you know? So, uh, it's what makes me feel really good. So it's, it's my favorite thing to do. So. Is that how you kind of came up with the, I, I've seen some live videos of you and you'll do, um, you'll play with your pick and in the middle of it, you'll pull the pick away and you'll just start finger right. picking. Is that how they, you, you started doing that? I Yeah. I started doing that. Like, um, I, I sort of started finger picking with blues, and then um, when it was, I guess, dynamics would come in more. Like uh, I just have to use the pick, <clears throat> but I could, I could sort of play a whole song with, I can with the with fingers, but just it every part of the song or not uh, different parts of the song have different dynamics. So, um, but I, I just it's just a natural thing that I don't I don't tell myself when to do that. It just happens. It's just uh, kind of feeling again. So that's a. Right. Yeah, how I sort of started doing that. The album, the, the EP is awesome. I've been listening to it a lot. And, so uh, oh, gosh, man. And, and uh, I'm telling everybody about it. My, I even got my wife listening to it. So that's good. Awesome. <laughs> you mentioned J.D. Wilkes and Legendary Shack Shakers. And he he's on the album, on the EP. He plays um, on Carry You Home. He's, he does, uh, uh, let's see, banjo and a Wurlitzer piano. Yeah. And he actually did the artwork, uh, the front artwork. He painted that. Uh, That's awesome. Original artwork that he uh, he created. So, yeah, and he played on that. It's kind of Halloween-ish, I guess, which I really dig, that uh, Wurlitzer part. Um, and actually, I had an organ player at the time who played bass organ on the record. And um, I wanted J.D. to play Wurlitzer. And he said, well, you have a great organ player already, but it's like just a different of J.D.'s mind on the track is like really cool. So he, I know he can. Um, that's what I wanted. So it's something that you can't explain. So you'd have to have someone play it. So, um, right. which is, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of the record is his solo on that. So you, I mean, you've got one song that, that kind of different than the others on the, on the EP and it's heartbeat. Yes. That 
that song, it, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. It's, it's, it's kind of like, like when you saw somebody use silent film footage and they put music to it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm picturing like, like the guy on your, on, on the album cover. Like like Zoltar from right. Big the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That or um, Alexander the Great or yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. So it's very mysterious and mystique and um, Eastern European, I guess, and um, circusy. I kinda I really dig yeah. that Tom Waits style stuff. Like, like a carnival or, or actually I guess and this is kind of I guess maybe going back to, to what we we're talking about coming not really coming from a musical family but uh, your parents are, are from Jordan right they're from Jordan yes correct okay did that did were they listening to, to more Middle Eastern music when you were growing up and did that have any kind of influence on Heartbeat yeah a little bit um, I don't think it did on Heartbeat it did for just the music I like to listen to I mean it was more contemporary at the time like the 90s i think my mother would listen to like you know 80s 90s uh contemporary arabic music that was pop music um but also the the older stuff i just dug into that i got into that myself like uh, there's a uh, abdul halim hafiz he's a uh, egyptian composer and a song uh song veteran singer and he's is uh, it's amazing he actually did a lot of uh rappers sampled his stuff oh really um, like the song Big Pimpin', uh, Timberland, uh, <laughs> he took that intro of that, the, really? the violins, the strings, yeah. So, I mean, I got into that stuff. That's more of a, I guess, like, uh, orchestra, orchestra and orchestrated stuff, but, uh, um, I guess that, and then I really got into, uh, Western African stuff, uh, West African, like, Mali, and, uh, uh so this band called, uh, Tenarwin, so Toreg Music, Desert Blues, I really got oh, into that, um. So I guess that kind of the heartbeat would be more Eastern European, maybe like Circusy and um, Klezmer, um, which I really dug. There's a band called Kaiser's Orchestra that I, I listen to a lot. That JD actually got me into in the past, um, which is really great. It's this uh, Norwegian band, and uh, I guess that influenced a lot. And they're like Tom Waits, but like they're more contemporary Tom Waits, but popular. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, so that's a, a band that kind of got me into that stuff too, and then. I guess it's a it's a molding, a melting pot of a bunch of uh, just Eastern and Middle Eastern stuff that kind of influenced that song. Are you gonna? Now I'm assuming you're writing more and more music as as you get out on the road and even when you have time off. Are you, is are you gonna be able to maybe meld those two worlds somehow? Yeah, I actually have a song that I'm gonna release that's um, a kind of a Toreg blues style thing, like Tenarwin or. Uh, Imar Han from Algeria, like that kind of um, desert blues and uh, the drum beat meets the, the minor blues licks kind of stuff. So uh, it's a it's a really interesting song and really cool. Um, so I kind of try to put that stuff into actually just any song that I already do in the set. But um, I am writing a bunch more um, on the road and off the road. But um, I guess there's just a few of that influence, not really that much that's kind of it's more that I notice it than, you know, somebody else would, but, you right. know, kind of like just make the song. So, um, just that. So I'm trying to 
try to just put little parts in there to inspire it. Kind of oh, that's that music. that's awesome. See, that I, I love when that happens. One of my favorite EPs is uh, Ry Cooter and VM Bot. Oh yeah, um, across the Ali river. Or? What's that? Is it uh, Ry Cooter and Ali Farcatore? Was that the one? Or? Uh, he might be on it. it uh, I know VM Bot is on it. Um, okay. Uh, I, he's the percussionist, I believe. Uh, Ry Cooter's on. I think his son plays on it. It's just a four-song EP, but it's amazing. Oh. It's called. Yeah, the, it, uh, I think it's called Across the River. Yeah, I think there's one he did with Ali Farcatore, which Ali Farcatore is kind of the veteran godfather of the Toreg music in a way of or contemporary. I mean, because it's blues and um, traditional African music from Mali. Um, I think they did a record together. I don't remember the name. It might be that one. It might be full out. record. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've got to check that out. And mm-hmm. One of the things I really love is when somebody would, would do that, take take unusual influences or influences that maybe you don't hear all the time and meld them with electric blues or something. You know, you, So you get right, a nice yeah. distorted guitar in the middle of this Eastern European beat or, or, right, or yeah. Eastern beat. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that's a, the blues is pretty much just kind of derives from a lot of African music anyways and old time music, you know, banjo coming from a gourd and yeah. um, African gourd, so stuff like that. So it all kind of comes together and blues kind of, um, I'm not a kind of person that says, kind of person that says, uh, if you don't know the blues, you don't know music. That's, that's, that's right. bullshit. But it's like, yeah. you know, uh, more of a, it just blues does help with a lot of like that, where it comes from. And, and if you can mold that music, it's kind of the same anyways. So it's a good, it. yeah, it's a good starting point to, to start melding, different styles of music together, more right. Western and Eastern musics, I think. Right. So speaking of, of your guitar it, and distorted electric guitars, you've got this awesome sound, like I had mentioned before, the, the R.L. Burnside kind of sound. Are you, do you use vintage equipment or are you able to get that sound with, with newer stuff? I, um, I've been using the same amp um, since I started. It's a Hot Rod DeVille Fender, Hot Rod DeVille, Ooh, cool. and it's just got a drive pedal and uh I have a 62 Silvertone Stratotone guitar, so that's, I think those pickups kind of, kind of make it dirty, and, um, uh, the drive is a perfect amount of drive, so it's fairly simple, but I guess the guitar and amp itself are just kind of just give it that tone, and once I found that tone, I just, I've never did anything else, so. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't either, because the, uh, the sound, um, I guess the best way for me to describe it is that when that overdrive kicks in, it's, the amp sounds like it's right on the verge of exploding. Right. Awesome. Yeah. But that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when I, when I, the first time I put the EP on and I listened to, uh, think about the title track, think about it, the very first track, and you got that blast of feedback to start yeah. off the song, that, that won me over. Awesome. That was it. Cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. That's the that, kind of stuff I love. That's something I do. I did use a, um, I think a muff pedal or a fuzz pedal. So that kind uh-huh. of, uh, kind of like amped it up some more. And I think on the solo, a couple of solos on that album, I've used a, a fuzz or a muff pedal, but normally I just keep it just a little bit of drive and, and it, it would feed back anyways. So it's just kind of uh, <laughs> with that guitar uh, as well. Cause those pickups, it's so old and it's a similar hollow body. So but yeah. that's Glad fantastic, man. Thanks. I love it. I love it. So do you travel? Is that the, the rig you take on tour with you? And is it? Yeah. Wow. Uh, every, every gig is that, uh, that same uh, setup pretty much. That's man. That that's a that's a workhorse. Holy crap! <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's lasted since I guess 2007. So I mean, I'm I'm very lucky. Knock on wood. 
but uh yeah know, oh shoot wait never yeah. Had any, uh, yeah i don't, don't want to ruin it for you <laughs> yeah no yeah, i've never had any problems with the amp so uh luckily um the guitar just it's just a simple plank of wood which i like so uh, <laughs> but still like you know it's old you can't really replace many things on it so uh, i try to keep that you know as a as in good shape as i can so yeah, you, yeah, because I mean, you start replacing bits and pieces, and your sound changes. And right, exactly. And actually, only one pickup works on that guitar. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and I've never gotten it fixed because I, if I can't find that actual pickup, that original pickup, I don't know how that pickup sounds originally. Yeah. So, if I can't find that and rewire it, I would, I don't want to change the sound at all. So, I just kind of just keep it that, and it does. I do well with it, so it works. Oh works man. Out. So. When you're out on the road and you're, you're decompressing for sure, what what do you actually end up listening to? Um, on the road, I mean, I, I like to listen to vinyl a lot more. So um, I guess that's more of like the collection I have of all music I really dig and just like just like to sit and listen to. Um, on the road, I'd say a lot of the Toreg music, kind of um, Tanarwin. I guess I would have been listening to lately on the last tour. Um, a lot of sappy stuff <laughs> too. You know? Really? Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I got in this uh, Rayland Baxter. He was pretty cool. Uh, I think he's in Nashville. That was something I really kind of got glued to a little bit. And then um, I don't know. It just varies. I mean, I'm not like I'm. Uh, sometimes I could be in, like what mood I'm in, listen to. But I mean, driving, just really just something rocking. Uh, um, I can't even remember what I would listen to right now. Uh, yeah kind of sprung that one on you sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i like to listen to a lot of old um doo-wop and r&b and stuff so like there's a, a playlist i'll make um and I also dj so a lot of stuff i dj on uh, 45s and uh excuse me uh 12 inches and everything just just actual vinyl so a lot of that stuff i'll make playlists on that for the road of just like what to listen to so just a lot of cool northern soul stuff oh okay, uh, yeah yeah so like just uh just R &B, old r&b and doo-wop stuff too so I'll tell you something that, and you may not like it. Um, I don't know how heavy you go in your musical tastes, mm. but when we're just talking about mixing genres of music, mixing styles and, and, and different music from different areas of the world, there's, I, I was trying to think of the band that was the weirdest mix of, of two different styles of music. And I'm like, I know I was thinking about this band today. I wanted to mention it to you just because it was such a weird mix. And then it just, I couldn't think of it and it just popped into my head. Nice. It's okay. a band called Tanger Cavalry. Okay, I don't think I've ever heard of that. T-E-N-G-G-E-R or something like that. And it's like thrash metal with awesome. Mongolian throat singing and traditional Mongolian fiddle. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think, I think I've heard of that. Um, I never heard them, but... Yeah, there's, um, there's two bands I, I know of. That's my new favorite band, but that it might be cool. I'll have to take a listen to it. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's two. There's Tanger Cavalry, and I think one's just called The Who. Or it's like H-U, Who. Okay. I, I, I don't know how to speak Mongolian, so I don't, right, I don't yeah. know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But I know Tanger Cavalry. They, they okay. use like the – it's like a two-string bass or something and a fiddle. There's like six guys in the band, and they cool. do that – Throat, right. weird Mongolian throat like singing. Didgeridoo sounding, or yeah, but it's like yeah, but it sounds like a didgeridoo, but it's the guy's throat. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> they, okay. It's just weird, weird <laughs> stuff. So that like that it. came out of nowhere, but cool. No, I'll check it out though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if you like uh, heavy 
thrash, like like old Metallica thrash kind of stuff. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, like that, and like uh, DRI and Slayer kind of. Yeah, old, yeah. The, the start of it, I guess. All so. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, what prompted you to write to record the EP in the first place? Um, I just needed music for one. <laughs> Um, I wasn't, I didn't have any recorded music and I was writing, starting to write more. Uh, so I kind of, I was 24. So I was, uh, starting to write a lot more and I didn't have any record, uh, recorded music. So I guess I just wrote an EP. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of, I like to kind of stories. So I'll take, you know, the songwriting be from like an actual thing, of, but then like make a story up at it too, or just, uh, but that was in my early songwriting uh, era anyway. So. Um, a lot's changed in this lyrics and stuff too, but um, okay. but yeah, I just I needed music uh, ultimately and just recorded an EP. Is that the uh, first re- thing you re- recorded and released? That is yes, oh, under cool. my name. Yeah. And does touring with uh, the Dirt Daubers and the Shack Shakers does that change the way you've approached writing at all? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, especially writing music with JD or uh, just playing music with him in general. It kind of. He's a phenomenal songwriter, and uh, so kind of was a big inspiration on learning, trying to push myself to one read more, you know, just that in one uh, one one way. Um, so I did. I mean, the, and the touring, there was a lot of just it was heavy touring too, so that was a lot on my mind. But then, like at sound checks, I'd start writing music and or at least melodies and uh, guitar lines and hooks. So. It was. It helped me play more music, so I, you know, I had to play more music. So for one, that helped me write more music. So that was a good thing. I'm touring. All right, touring, touring, touring. Yeah. I heard an allusion to a story in yeah. in an interview that you had done, and while I was doing my research, mm-hmm. something that happened at the the Star Bar. Some weird story about somebody's. Guitar going through the ceiling or something? Oh, that was uh, probably Shack Shakers. Um, uh, that was way before I was in the band, but uh, I guess, yeah, JD got banned from the Star Bar because he went up in the ceiling, oh, the was... ceiling tile, yeah, and he uh, and he fell down, <laughs> and all the ceiling fell down, so. Oh, um, my God. So yeah, that was Shack Shakers, but that was way before I was in the band. So, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what, was an interview uh, uh, I talked about, or was it, I wonder if it was it was, was Shack It was, um, I think, Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. It's easy that you. I think the host brought it up. Um, I'm trying to remember Whatever. the name of this one. It was it was a podcast you were on in Atlanta recently. Yeah, it was probably Creative Loafing. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, okay. That was Chad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I promoted. I just promoted another podcast on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Chad's, uh, Chad's a badass dude. So at least. You know. Uh, you're promoting him, but hey. yeah. I'll bring you up next time I do a podcast with him. I'll bring you up. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah turnabout's fair play. All right. So, and uh, has anything weird like that? What's I mean? What's the worst thing that happens to you on on tour? I mean, have you had any? You haven't you haven't fallen through the ceiling at anywhere? No, no. I mean, I've never gotten up in the ceiling either. <laughs> uh, uh, that was JD, but JD's a phenomenal frontman. Uh, I, I guess I don't. I mean, there have been people just rude and throw stuff on stage just because they're drunk or they came to a show that was before our show kind of thing and they're still there and uh then the crowd kind of just kills with it or somebody you know they get, they get kicked out but uh i guess i just it's kind of, stuff like that kind of helps my banter get a little wittier on stage and just oh, kind yeah. of 
instead of being an asshole, I'll just kind of play on it and make it funny, and that kind of helps. But um, that happened recently, but um, nothing, nothing drastic. Uh, but yeah, I can't think of anything weird on tour. I mean, it's been a really chill couple of months on tour. Uh, great shows and just, you know, uh, good travel. So. And you've been playing professionally for years now, since we were like 16, 17? Yes, correct, yeah. How did you get started at that early of an age? Um, just going to the blues venues and the uh, rock clubs in Atlanta. Um, and then, as I said, Sean Costello was a big influence. Uh, so just doing that and then just, just started doing it full time. Man. And uh, I kind of just started hiring bands. I wasn't very good, but I just, I just figured out that's something I could do is hire bands and just learn how to play covers. And then uh, eventually I got on my own and kind of just started writing music. But, um, but yeah, I guess just at that early age, it just felt like that was something to do because there wasn't, it was the best thing for me to do, you know, either skateboard or, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was trying to make films like when I was a kid, like, uh, skate videos and stuff like that with my friends, but music kind of took over. So, uh, but I'm thankful. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I, I got to give you tons of credit because when I was 16, 17 years old, there's no way in hell I'd been confident <laughs> enough in myself, in, in anything I was doing to get up on stage and do it in front of everybody. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess more confidence as a kid because I sucked. And, I didn't <laughs> <care>. <laughs> and then when you get better, I guess you just you start judging yourself like, oh, man, I could be better or something or whatever, even though like, you know, people really dig the song or the music and. I'm just like, oh, you know, I've been playing that song forever. I, I kind of just, I hate the song or something like that. So, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, that's, uh, that doesn't happen much, but yeah. You know. So you mentioned you play some covers. Uh, do you have, before we get into some of the covers, because I, I was listening to some of them there, they're really awesome. I know you've got five originals on the EP. Right. I, uh, I looked on the website and there's a couple tracks on SoundCloud. Okay. So how, how long is a typical set? for you uh it's about 60 minutes of normal set but i mean there are a couple obscure covers and there are originals that aren't online Um, so there's a there's a seven inch vinyl that i have that has two songs that we do there are sometimes we do we do three songs off the ep um there's three other new songs that um aren't uh released yet until hopefully this year but uh we do saint james infirmary um that's one of my favorite songs that's a great song um yeah and uh i do that last normally and um and shane pringle uh, my bass player he he plays sax on that song so it'll be a duo normally and then he'll just get up and play sax so it's really really cool okay you Um, know we've got to do well i've definitely got to get you together with morgan again because morgan's done that as a closer and at his recent tour and it's okay. amazing if I we get if I can hear the two of you guys doing that song together, it would be it would be mind blowing. That'll be awesome. I'd love that. Yeah, he's a the I like his song. like kind of the dark uh, blues, you know, lyrics and stuff like that. And I, I can see him doing St. James. Uh, that would be awesome. I'd love that. Yeah, really, really. yeah. We got I got to figure out a way to get you two together somehow. I don't. I yeah. Don't know. Well, maybe I mean the next tour if he's not touring, maybe you can figure out if we can do some shows together. Yeah. Um, I am looking for some bands uh, to play with on this next East Coast tour. So, oh man, that so maybe awesome. I'll, you know, yeah, maybe you talk to him and figure that out. Yeah, I just shot him a whole bunch of venues to play that are, that are like mid-sized venues that are cool. uh, okay. smaller, smaller like dive bar areas and stuff too. So, right. Okay. So, uh, if you guys you come up, no, oh no, well, you know, come on, I don't want any yeah, secondhand yeah. smoke, man. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever the hell you want, man. Uh, so. I was looking. I was trying to find as much 
mute and listen to as much of your music as I can. And I've, I heard some amazing su- stuff here. Some, some of the covers, um, You've, you've done songs by Skip James, uh, yeah. Laverne Baker. You did Howlin' Wolf, Smokestack Lightning, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, I mean, I, I love. I just try not to do the standard blues stuff unless it's something where it might be a show where we had to do a couple sets or something. Okay. Um, but I love that song. There's, you know, um, uh, like the uh, Skip James song "Devil Got My Woman" is one of my favorite songs, and I uh, I try to do that more of an original style. Obviously, not like the original. That's a falsetto solo. Right. So I could do that, but it would be uh, very different from the set. So I want to curveball to everybody. Right, exactly. Yeah. In the middle of the set, just do that. It's one solo falsetto song. That would be kind of, actually, that would be kind of interesting. Too, be, but, you do uh, your own little acoustic session. You're like Led Zeppelin when they were touring in, like, in the mid-70s. They would stop everything, just do like three acoustic songs and go back to everything. Right, yeah. That could be your like mini acoustic set. Yeah, very dark blues songs yeah. <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> hey, real quick, let me just do one acoustic falsetto song. Yeah, right. <laughs> Or just and then start speaking in a falsetto voice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I heard a track that you did, and you got. I want to. I want you to tell me a little bit about this song because I, I don't know if it's a cover, if it's an original, or a song called Lies. Lies. Oh wow, that's. If I remember that was a Black Keys song. Is it? Uh, yeah. So okay. I covered that uh, right when I guess I started changing the style to like more of that. I guess I was in maybe a little bit of the Black Keys, but uh, not like a, so much. It was just something that was, A, R.O. Burnside, Junior Kimbo, very similar music that's uh, kind of dirty and has more soul than it has more uh, fast punk rock uh, style uh, of a style. So I think I covered that song, um, which I really, really dug that song. I still do. Um, yeah, I think I did that. I think it was about 21. Okay, because you're also playing a, a gorgeous Les Paul on that one, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was definitely the early days. Yeah, that was a, a – well, it's an Epiphone. It was an Epiphone gold top Les Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, well, I don't know what happened to that guitar. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't stolen or anything, was it? It wasn't one of no, those stories. I, I might have sold it for another guitar and a guitar that was cheaper. I can't remember. Or to start a tour. Um, oh, around, yeah. So I was starting to tour a lot where um, – you know, I needed gas to start the tour or something like that. So uh, I think that's what it, yeah, I had to drive to Kentucky. So I think I remember selling that guitar. Oh, it was geez. unfortunately not how much it was worth, but. Uh, but Man. Okay. Well, you know, everybody's got those stores when they're starting out. So that's. Exactly. Yeah. Luckily, that's the only uh, gear I've ever had to sell. Um, and uh, I've had uh, two guitars given to me by close friends that are amazing. Uh, one's a silver tone and one's a, an airline harmony. Oh, uh, they're cool. both similar and they both kind of look the same uh, one's a bobcat and they're phenomenal they're amazing sounding guitars um, 
So that, and then then I have that Stratotone. So I just have those three. So it's all very similar in era of guitars and stuff now. So those three guitars. Going back to you being like 16 years old and starting to, to tour, did you, were you singing originally? You, when you first got up and started playing live, did you just start up and get play guitar and sing? I did, yeah. I couldn't wow. sing very well, but uh, I did. Uh, I would do like just, I don't know, like just rockabilly songs, I did cramps. I did uh, blues songs like Freddie King, uh, Ray Charles, stuff like that. But a lot like that punk rock kind of, uh, crossing over to the blues style stuff too. So I, I like the Paladins, um, the Red Devils, the Cramps, the Blasters. So I was covering stuff like oh, that oh too. Yeah. So that kind of West Coast uh, rockabilly, rock and roll um, kind of style. Um, but yeah, I was singing. I couldn't really sing that well. So I was doing that, but it, it helped me learn how to sing um, by God. just covering. So. Again, I can't imagine being 16 years old, getting up on stage, playing guitar and yeah. singing. I can't imagine getting up on stage and singing now. Right, yeah, I try to forget about it. So uh, <laughs> when I was that age doing that, so I, I don't really remember that much of it. So that's maybe a good thing. <laughs> I'm not, and they're not even coordinated enough to do it. Even in, you know, on my own, I couldn't do it. That's that's to me that that's one of the the amazing skills of of guys like you and people who who are able to play an instrument and sing at the same time. It doesn't even matter what instrument. I I right. I just can't do it. I'm just not that coordinated. Yeah. I mean, the more you do it, the more it becomes natural. And I think that for me, like even in the studio, it's hard for me to sing without a guitar. If it's something that's like a complicated composition, maybe um, I kind of tend to grab a guitar and sing while, I mean, the guitar would be uh, off and acoustic, but uh, it won't be, it's already, guitars are recorded, but um, that kind of helps. And then just singing without a guitar on stage feels, I feel naked kind of thing. And it's, it's, doesn't feel natural so um unless i'm sitting in with somebody and hey let's do this one song i was like cool i'll sing a song and then i'll figure out a way to you know use the mic stand as a, a prop like james brown or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't do much but uh I, i'd like i'd like to do that more but uh, yeah. uh but yeah, guess, on stage. Uh, yeah exactly yeah um but yeah i guess uh it becomes natural i mean for anybody i i i'd say um just if you start to do that more then you're it's just going to become like a your body mechanics will it's like playing the drums you know something like where your body you can't sometimes when you start playing the drums you can't help but move two limbs at the same time or something right um, so uh wait i think we have poor connection I okay i can still hear you and i can still see you so okay we're, okay we're good I you. <laughs> um, you know it's funny i'm usually the one that gets that problem i don't know what's going on this is weird it might be the Wi-Fi. I could turn off the Wi-Fi. Yeah, mine, mine always does that. Yeah, that's the first for me, so I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> oh, there you are. Okay, yeah, it was the Wi-Fi. But, okay. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess uh, I kind of, I'd like to play guitar and sing more than either or, you know. Okay. Um, and I think singing is one of my favorite instruments is my voice, so I kind of tend to like to do that more than play guitar. I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a... It's a it's a complicated thing because both I like to give so much doing it and um, like that sincerity and soul kind of it kind of feels really really good doing that so so doing it both together can be exhausting and beautiful at the same time I, can, <laughs> I love it I can so, imagine and the more exhausted you get almost the more soulful it can sound right but then again I'm very lucky to do that for a living so I don't know why I'm bitching about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it didn't sound like bitching to me but yeah good good 
Do you uh, do you have any singing influences? Well, I know we already t- uh, talked about your guitar influences. Uh, do you have any for your voice? Yeah, um, Sean Costello for one. Um, he's not the main one, but I uh, just kind of I just feel like I always have to give that nod to Sean because he kind of did help me sing. You know, seeing him play live and listening to his records. Um, Snooks Iglin, um, blues like kind of a New Orleans street singer kind of blues. Um, who else? Uh, Little Willie John. Um, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a bunch that I, that I'm gonna f- remember some later on. That I was like, damn it, that's that's my favorite thing. Uh, my <laughs> that dad. always happens. Um, yeah, uh, I guess Marvin Gaye, early Marvin Gaye, um, some of my favorite. Um, I know the one the the way he just has a distinctive voice in general. So I just I like that uh, style of singing too. Um, who else? I mean, Ray Charles is always amazing. Yeah. Well, those, I don't know. I can think of some more, but yeah, you know, it's funny. Soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 soul and, and I can, you can hear it in, in your singing, so it, it's definitely I can hear the influence of, of some some powerful vocalists there. So it's mm, awesome. Thank you. The uh, now the, some of the covers that you do. How do you do? You like to pick stuff that's a little obscure, or do you would you rather do something that that is a little more well known by the audience? Um, definitely obscure. I think it's, if I cover a song, it's something that I really enjoy listening to or, um, something that kind of like takes me by surprise while listening to it. Like, um, if it doesn't make me feel a certain way, then I don't want to, don't want to cover it. Just same thing as like writing a song. If it doesn't make me feel just like, wow, this feels good to sing this or, you know, um, then I wouldn't want to do it. So I think obscure cover songs and it's not like I dig for an obscure song just to, be like hey I, I covered this song before anyone knew about it kind of thing you know right um, so there's like lee moses bad girl i don't cover that song but that's a atlanta soul singer phenomenal atlanta soul singer um which i remember where it was it's a very rare song to find on on vinyl i don't think you can find on vinyl but that was something where uh that started being played a lot more so i was like oh man i really wanted to cover that song and um but it's just kind of like it's one of those songs you don't cover because it's just so good by itself it's kind of like you can't do that justice right. you just have to alone. Yeah. So there are songs like that where I kind of uh, tend to leave alone, but uh, it's, I guess it's it obscure, mostly obscure, like stuff that I'll find on vinyl, just collecting vinyl 45s and DJing and stuff. So I kind of tend to, sometimes I want to cover a song that's kind of modern, but I want to put a twist on it, you know, um, okay. modern in a way, not cont- like not mainstream, but like something where, I don't know, there's a band, uh, Stick the other day to cover. Um, I, I don't know. I can't remember. It might be embarrassing to say if I remember <laughs> it. But, so, but, uh, but you can, no, we yeah, can always I, edit it out if it's too bad. Yeah, right. There you go. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Uh, I'd say a uh, more obscure. Um, and if it's something just like if it, it makes me feel good and I want to cover that song, I'll just sometimes look at the band and be like, "Hey, let's just do this song." And be like, "All right, cool." It might be a simple thing to do. I just I just feel like singing that song or so. It's just got to move you. That so. What is it, sir? It's just got to move you, really. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. Boils down to that with all all the music I perform or record. So, so you mentioned DJing. Do you do a lot of the of DJing still, or? Yeah, a little bit. Whenever I'm uh, I'm off the road from touring, it's something where it's it's just a lot of fun because a lot of my friends DJ as well. So they'll come out. We will support each other. Why do I get the feeling just, that like a set from you would be like? Screaming Jay Hawkins and yeah. then the Jeff Buckley and the- yeah, uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins is a good start. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Screaming <laughs> Jay Hawkins. Uh, man, uh, just 
man, not, I'm just like, now I can't remember anything. Um, I'm trying to think of like uh, a lot of ska, like uh, uh, the Blues Busters from Jamaica. Um, so I'll do like a, a, a block of uh, ska and then I'll do a block of like R&B and then like, yeah, Obscure, like Screaming Jay and who else? Like just kind of – That was yeah, like stuff like that, and garage rock, maybe the Sonics and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, I I really enjoy DJing because I get to like whatever I'm collecting records I find on the road, I get to play them live, and it's a it's a definitely a better feeling playing them in a you know a bar or a restaurant or a venue. Um, just DJing, it's just cool. You get to like it's see people dancing to it. It's kind of cool. So and I was like stuff. Like like uh, I think a, a set like from you would be really fascinating because if you're playing some obscure stuff, you know, whether you mean to or not, you're probably exposing people to things they haven't heard before. So right, yeah, and I'll, I'll get a lot of folks come up and say, "Hey, who, what song is that?" And uh, my uh, biggest pet peeve, though, when I'm DJing is when uh, if the people can see the turntables, they'll try to. Uh, move their head to try to read the label <laughs> and it's like what you can do is just just ask you know just like what song is that and they'll just like put their head on top of the table it's like come on really like, uh, so that's a uh, that kind of gets on my nerves sometimes yeah, I can uh, but, imagine. Uh, yeah um, but a lot of, a lot of the stuff is obscure enough that people will ask like oh that song is so cool and i try to tend to or i tend to um dj stuff that it people normally don't play or you don't hear uh, DJs play. Uh, I guess that was a big thing like touring Europe and the UK after we'd play, uh, there'd be amazing dance DJs playing this really obscure stuff. So I'd go ask the DJs in Spain or um, England and London, like, Hey, what song is that? That's really cool. And like, they'll tell me the song and then I'll just go to the uh, record store in the city and just try to find it or find a compilation with that on it or, oh, cool. or similar music like that. So, a lot of that stuff where it's Northern Soul or just even obscure like R&B that has that weird singing or something like, you know, like a, like a, like a, a regional thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, and a lot of that stuff like uh, over there, they have they tend to have more of that stuff in their record stores. So um, and different labels that release it, you know, locally there. So, um, so how how big is your record collection at this point? Oh, man, um, I'd say LPs. Almost a thousand, maybe like nice. no, that's maybe too, maybe it's too much. Maybe I'm just uh, <laughs> it looks like that. Looks, um, I'd say like six hundred, maybe something like that, six hundred, nice. and then forty fives, maybe like a hundred fifty or something. I don't know. Um, and then I kind of like tend to tend to like DJ only certain LPs. Like I have a box of them. And then like once in a while, like if I'll DJ like two nights in a row, I'll probably use the same LPs. But it's always still the B sides or something like that. The forty fives. Yeah. And then I'll just feel like, oh, well, this, this is what I feel like playing tonight or something like that. So it's kind of like a set list. So same thing. Do you collect more for your DJing or do you collect more for your own personal leisure time listening? For for personal, like collecting and yeah, listening. So there's there's stuff that I'll find that's like, wow, that's amazing. So I'll only play it like twice ever yeah. um, if it's a first pressing or something like that. But I, I tend to like, I stop caring about that so much now that I'm just like, I just want to enjoy the records. So that's why... That's why they were made. So yeah, like, you know, yeah. For that reason, so forty um, fives. I'll, I'll find some uh, DC actually. Um, Som Records, S O M. Okay. Um, that's actually it's right right in front of the Black Cat venue, I think, on that major. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, So that place, I found phenomenal forty fives for like a quarter, and um, it was like just stuff that was in good condition, but they're just trying to get rid of all these forty fives. So 
a lot of stuff like I found Little Willie John I'm Shaking so that was cool to have that on 45 so nice. then after that I'll, so yeah I was trying to find like a set list of stuff like that and find 45 so I just get excited about if I find a cool uh, single I'll just can't wait to DJ it you know so yeah. it's just kind of a cool <laughs> cool feeling yeah. do you have anything in your collection that's kind of like your, a prize collection that you don't want to that you just you got because it was so rare or, any, or anything like that uh, let me think um, let's say Something that you won't, that you really don't want to pull out to to DJ, right? Because it's too a little too valuable, or means too much, means a lot to you. Yeah, I mean, there's maybe there's a I have a wide, uh, pretty wide honky tonk collection in country western, uh, which I really like to. I don't really DJ that that much unless like there's a there's a country show going on they need a DJ not, for. But um, yeah, not a lot of call for DJing Porter Wagner, huh? Y- yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, I'd say Roger Miller is one of my favorite artists in general. Oh, so yes, uh, I have a good bit of Roger Miller that I just kind of don't want to uh, play or uh, you know because you can DJ Roger Miller. You know, yeah. uh, there's some songs that are pretty uh, get people dancing. Um, I'd say uh, what else is there? Uh, I know there's a uh, an Al Green first pressing oh, wow. um, of uh, it's got a I forgot the name of the record. Um, it's got a I'm a Ram on it. It's got a all that stuff. I can't did remember you, the name of the record. Did but, you cover that song or was that the Shack Shakers? Or, or was it Sean Costello that did that? Sean Costello did, okay, yeah, he actually co- yeah, he covered I'm a Ram, yeah. Um, uh, and his, his version is phenomenal. He, he, I think he, yeah, he recorded on his self-titled record as well. So. Okay, that's, I don't know I had seen it today. I'm trying to remember who it yeah. was. Cause <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to figure out, uh, listen to as much of associated with you as I could and right. some of cool. it kind of melded together I guess right yeah yeah awesome well that's great yeah man I'm glad you got to see that or listen to that um, he covered that song I'd see him play that live and then when I found that record that whole record's great I just can't remember the damn record but there are plenty of stuff oh there's a live cramps record uh, that I kind of really cherish I guess I, I love it but I don't really play it out live much or yeah DJ it. that's awesome Look, I mean I've kept you for quite a while almost an hour here now I've I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on with me. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me, man. It means a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Now, where can people find the uh, the, the EP, and where can they follow you on social media? Um, I'm all over social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, under Rod Hamdala. Um, you can find the EP on my Bandcamp uh, website and my website, rodhamdala.com. And you can also order the 10-inch currently at houndgodrecords.com, the record label. And uh, look out for new music. We'll sh- hopefully be out in the next uh, few months. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to hearing some more. Thank awesome. you so much. Uh, one more question bef- before I let you go. You, how is the reception for you on tour? Is it, does it vary from location to location? Because you're playing uh, some awesome swampy blues, but I can imagine that would go over well in like you know Chicago, New York, the, the yep. South. How, does it go over well in the west coast midwest actually i mean the west coast i mean uh i haven't toured the west coast with under my band uh just the shack shakers and that's a, a huge music following for you know roots music as well but the midwest actually the it's a great uh response and people dance and they love the music and it's a good bit of fans there uh which could be surprising i mean you know but it's not really surprising when you go to minnesota or wisconsin and people actually just it's great phenomenal people really love music so um Cool. Yeah, it's, it doesn't for me. It doesn't have to be a big city. It could be a really small city, and if people really enjoy music and they come out and come to see live music, especially someone from the south or drives that far, uh, and that means a lot. So uh, 
that's why I continue to play places like that, I, I guess. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, look, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, man. I, and truly, I love the EP. It is really, really Thanks. kick ass. Thank you so much, and man. That means a definitely looking forward to new music, man. Definitely. Awesome. Yes, soon. Very soon. Hope so. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.